Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. It's the same as if you said toxic femininity. What the f*** does that mean? Like, literally, what do you mean when you say toxic masculinity? For me, in my mind, the perfect woman, I mean, she's balanced. She's all those things. But she also can suck a mean dick when she needs to. But she asked me if she could touch my hands, and one of my love languages is touch. And I said, sure. Yeah. And very quickly, she said, I like you, and I want to get naked. Oh. So we did. Women don't realize it, but we're somewhat guilty of just looking at porn and taking our cues from that, too. And it's not always we think that's what men want. First of all is be the best person that you can be, okay? And that may take years. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Welcome to another fun Saturday. Well, guys, I have a big surprise. I do not have like a regular guest on today. I do have one of my listeners and I'm so excited to have him on. He's been a listener for a long time and he sends me voicemails and we have formed a friendship. This is why I love to get voicemails from you guys because I get to interact with you. I get to start to know you personally. And over time, he's brought me up to speed on his story and revealed to me that just recently he has opened up his marriage. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to have you on. I want you to tell my listeners everything. I want to know about how this happened and how you got there and just what's, you know, what that conversation's been like, everything that you've gone through. And let's share it because I get this question so much from people is they always ask me, how do they approach their partner about opening things up? Well, today, guys, you're in luck because I have someone who can answer that question for you firsthand. So without further ado, Steve, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Hello, beautiful, smart, funny Layla. Start. Seriously, what's so crazy is that you really are as beautiful as you say. Oh, oh my gosh. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, your mother Teresa and heels. Okay, well, I wouldn't, I don't know about that, but I do <laughs> appreciate the comments. So here's a, my first question right out of the gate then is Do I look like I sound? Is this what you imagined? Yes. That's so really? funny. Yes. No kidding. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's so funny when you say that because, God, it just, yes. I don't know how to, any other way. Just, yeah, you're beautiful. So, hey. Oh, thank you. What I expected. Oh, I mean, like, but you thought that I, like, the hair colors, my eyes, like, did you, is this what you sort of envisioned? I never thought about all that part. Oh, okay. I mean, because I'm a guy, so I can go for purple, red, blue right. hair, whatever. As long as the whole, it's funny, as long as the attitude is correct, which you said before, the looks are important, but they're not everything. I totally agree. I get won over by, I think I'm a woman that really loves a strong seven, to be honest with you, because <laughs> their personalities are better. And then, and they 
grow on you. You're like, may not be the guy that where you're walking down the street and go, whoa. Right. But that guy, that guy doesn't have to work as hard <laughs> and he's not usually as good in bed. <laughs> That's what I found. Just saying. Okay. Well, it's, it, but it's true with the gals as well, because I went to a school where we didn't have a lot of girls and we would laugh because the force thought they were eights. Well, you know what? But they should see, because if you walk around thinking that that's how other people are going to perceive you as well. I think you're right. I know you're right. I think our physical, I don't know if I want to say beauty or what the word I'm looking for, but just what attracts other people to us. A lot of it is it starts for women. I believe it starts in our heads. It starts how we perceive ourselves. And then when we take that out and project that, then men are picking up on it. They're like, oh, you guys have a sixth sense. It's the same with guys, because since since my light is on, which is your turn. Your light's on. That's right. Yeah, there's some stuff happening. I know. And that's exactly what we're going to get into today. So yep. give my listeners, I know you want to remain anonymous, and that's wonderful. Give my listeners just as much about your background as you're comfortable sharing. I'm just a good old Southern boy who has a very high education. Yeah. And is very intelligent and very successful. Yes. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> All the women are like, damn, is he married? Yes, he is. Very happily. And we'll get into that. Okay. So you just, you, how long have you been married, by the way? 30 plus years. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. Okay. And you just recently. It doesn't feel like that, though. It doesn't? No. I, yeah. I know. It goes by. I feel 20. Yeah. I can tell. You definitely project that. You just recently opened up your marriage to practice ethical non-monogamy. How did you get to the point where you decided this was the right decision for you and your marriage? So it happened because finally my wife and I are communicating in that I am actually hearing what she's saying and she's actually hearing what I'm saying. And that sounds like such a simple thing, but it really isn't because all this stuff that can be in your head that can filter what you're hearing and you're hearing something, but in your mind, you're going, oh, yes, she's saying that, but, okay. And we finally realized that we're both being perfectly honest with each other. And the honesty part of it was that her libido just isn't there, okay? She just hasn't have any desire, not for me or anybody else at the moment. I think that will change. I pray that will change because she is my fantasy girl. Isn't that cool? I'm in love with and married to my fantasy girl. That is the coolest. I mean, you're living the dream. I am living the dream. So I finally heard that she cannot be the person that I need her to be sexually. And she heard that what I need is, is a need, not a want. Yeah. This is part of how I'm wired. And I learned that by the five love languages. And I learned it by going through the erotic blueprints. The blueprint breakthrough, I think, is the website. Yes. Yeah. So what was going on in your marriage then that prompted this was the lack of desire, right? For or from on your wife's part? It's, yeah, well, it's mm -hmm. the two things. So for one thing, the lack of desire I took as my love languages are personal or are touch and quality time. So I took her lack of desire as I'm not loved and rejection. And because of that, I pulled away my emotional attention as a protective measure. And so what happens? She doesn't feel loved. I don't feel love. And we end up as um, roommates who 
luckily don't happen to fight over every little thing. Yeah. Were, how long were you, I guess, trying to keep things where you knew something was wrong, but you were just bumping along trying to keep it status quo? couple decades. Wow. Okay. I am so curious about that. How do you go that long? Like without having, I mean, you had these needs, Want you know, you had these you had these needs. Well, so we would have sex maybe twice a month, would never go down on her, very rarely get a blowjob. I mean, like maybe once or twice a year. But we would have penetrative sex a couple times a month. And then there, of course, there's self-care, masturbation, you know, March. <laughs> yep. March Masturbation Madness Month. <laughs> exactly. Which, you know... I'm doing this regardless because I have to. <laughs> isn't Exactly. Isn't every day Masturbation Day? I mean, come on. So, <laughs> yeah. so, but here's what's interesting. As a guy raised in the South, you're taught, oh, that'll make you go blind. It's evil. It's bad. It's sinful, right? And so the whole time you're taking care of what is just as a human need, you yeah. feel bad about it. Like you're doing something wrong. So you did. You felt... Guilty? Of course. Yeah, because you're masturbating. Yeah. Did you want your wife to know or not want her to know? Of course I didn't want her to know because I thought she I thought she would think less of me. Why? Well, because I thought she would feel, what is wrong with this guy? I mean, he can't just keep it down and he's a sex fiend. What's wrong with him? Sex fiend, yes. That's what I wanted you to say. And this is a really good point. I cannot tell you how many men have shared with me because of the show that... Once they try to have this talk with their spouse about, I guess, inequity in the sex drives and the lack of their needs being met sexually and with intimacy, that that kind of gets weaponized against them. And the first thing that women will say is, well, you have the problem. Yeah. Everything's fine with me. You're a sex and you're a sex addict, like a sex fiend, sex addict, like that's not normal. and. Right. I just want to say very, very clearly that women, you cannot hide behind that because it's just not true. And it's really a low blow to try to make a man feel that way. It's, I would say, hateful, if it, it, it almost. If it's done in a way that is yeah. not, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it can be used as a weapon for sure. And then so you wonder why these guys go out and they cheat because they just don't have any other choice. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Well, I'm going to disagree on that one. I'm going to disagree on that one. I will agree that what got to people there, it may not be fair, right? Right. It may not be right. And if, especially if your partner's shutting down and trying to kind of weaponize sex against you and also demonize you for it, that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. However, you make your own decisions. So I would rather somebody say, be honest again and say, the partner's not responsive, then it is your right to say, you know what? I will take care of this. I won't uh, do it in front of you. I'll be discreet. But if you don't want to, at this point, you know, if you don't want to help me with this, or this is just a part of me that you don't want to engage with, I'll just take care of it on the side. 
It's not a question. That's when it's that and my and I swear when you make it not a question and you just let them know I'm giving you a courtesy heads up. This is what I'm going to do. Then the ball's in that person's court. And guess what? They're not going to do anything about it. And I think you're right. I think that one of the things that you do is what you've done for me is is giving me the courage to have that conversation. But I didn't go out on my own and cheat un- until we talked about it. But you didn't need to. I didn't need I don't I don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole point that I really feel like my big soapbox that I get on, I really feel like cheating is not necessary. It is completely unnecessary because all you have to do is after you've given it your best effort to communicate with your partner. And if they refuse, it's like I try to tell women it's like and I say women because generally and I I know men suffer loss of libido as well. But obviously, since because of the show, it's mostly men that write into me. And so I'm that's why I'm mostly speaking to men on this subject. But when you're honest with someone, they really have nowhere else to go with it. And I don't mean I'm not I don't mean that you put them you back them into a corner, but essentially they're backing you into a corner and they're not taking seriously what you need. And if you feel like I can still get this need met outside of my marriage and keep honestly by just letting them know this is what I'll do, I'm going to do, and we can bump along and still be okay, then then you're good. And I will say this, I think that before you have that conversation or not asking a question, but that give that statement, I think you have a responsibility to make sure you're being the best husband or wife you can be Yeah. before you do that. Because it could be that the reason that you're not having getting what you need is because you're not giving what they need. So oh, for sure. you need to be honest and figure all that out first. And that may be a year or two process to I'm at the point now where I'm a better husband than I ever have been. I'm in love with my wife more than I ever have been. And she is starting to understand at a very deep level how I feel because I'm talking to her in the language she can understand, which is acts of service and gifts. Yeah. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah. I think what comes with that is compassion for your partner. And I th- it sounds like your wife is extremely compassionate towards you. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess if I, you know, I'll make one little edit there is that I don't, I'm not saying you can't let this build and build and build and you're upset about it and frustrated that you just eventually say, okay, fuck it, I'm going to go out and cheat or without even having a conversation about, the dis- about this, seriously trying to work right. it out, that you just launch this bomb on her and say, yeah, I'm going to go out and have sex with other women because you don't want to have sex with me. Yeah, that's not going to, that's not going to no. work. <laughs> you, and and you, you know need, what? Here's the thing. You need to be having open dialogue back and forth yes. about this for a while. And then it will naturally, that solution, I think, will naturally reveal itself. And that's probably why your wife was so okay with it because you guys have been so honest with each other about what's going on. You're not sweeping stuff under the rug. And for a while there, we had circular conversations slash arguments that just kept going to the same place. I would, she's doing this and she would say, I'm doing that. And we would have that conversation about every six months and it didn't go anywhere. And we both of us went to bed angry. And there was a certain point where, well, you know what? I took the leadership role and I said, I am going to either fix this or we're going to go our separate ways. Yeah. And which is a very hard thing to get to because, and there was a period of time where I tried to figure out how to hate her. Because if we're going to separate, then obviously I have to hate her, right? Yeah. 
which is not true, but at the time, that's what I thought. Yeah. And in the process of me trying to nitpick and figure out all the things I didn't like about her, at the end of the day, I finally realized, damn it, I'm in love with this girl. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. can't help it. Yes. I love that, though. I love that. You just could. It's like, yeah, you couldn't. I've tried to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? To make myself feel better, you know, like I'm like, okay, okay, I can get this guy out of my system because I'll, I'll just make myself hate him. I'm going right. to focus on hating, and right. it doesn't work. It never works because when you really love someone, you just, it's like, it's not possible. It really is impossible. What was going on when you're having this lack of desire, and it's going on for all that time? You know, how did that feel to you? It felt the two words: rejected and unloved. And lonely, three words. Right. Which So imagine coming home and you see your wife and you're turned on because she's hot, right? Or you have a little bit of flirty banter or whatever. And so you're like, oh, well, maybe, maybe something's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And then it all just gets turned off because of her past sexual abuse by her dad. That's something that triggers that she just shuts down. And so... As a person who takes responsibility for things, I took that as, I took that rejection as you're not loved or there's something wrong with you or I'm doing something wrong or something that I'm internalizing that's that's me and I'm chasing a problem that's not there. Yeah. Which would drive you crazy. Oh, absolutely. How would you be feeling right now if you were still in that boat? <sighs> Just angry. Yeah. Angry at me and her. And angry at something I don't even that I couldn't understand. Now yeah. that we've communicated properly and been honest with each other, we've now been able to communicate, and I've been able to get her to understand that I'm not a sex fiend. I'm actually very normal, and not just a normal guy, a normal human, because there are women that are wired just like me. As a matter of fact, it's cool because I've actually found friends, longtime friends that I've been able to be female friends that I've had to have that I've been able to have a deeper conversation with where all of a sudden we're like, we're almost like girl talk. Yeah, girl, I get horny too. And I'm like, I yeah. don't even need a vibrator. All of these, my right. fingers. And I'm like, right. I'm like, Oh really? You know, and yeah. it's not yeah. someone I'm a person I'm sexual with. They're just a friend. I want to interject. This is totally off topic, but because you talk about vibrators, if you can't see, but just over, over, you know, this shoulder down on the floor, I'm charging because I know the hurricane's coming. I'm charging all my sex toys because I might be without power for a couple of days and I'm going to need to pass the time. Ooh, <laughs> hurricane, hurricane sex. Wait I a know. minute. Wait a minute. Don't you need, can't you phone a friend? Oh, like come and come and uh, hold up in my house and let's weather out the storm. I could think. Of, oh, wait a minute. Think, Layla, Although, think about this. Layla, think about this. You were kidnapped during a hurricane, taken to your own house, and you were ravaged mm. when no one could hear you because of all the wind and everything. There's That's no right. power and you're stuck. And all oh. you have to do is just please this person for 48 hours. Yeah. Well, I Wouldn't would. Wouldn't that be terrible? It, Oh, that would be just awful. And then I'd have to podcast all about the details. But you know what? I, I wish I could do that with Goldie, but he has a dog that's, uh, and I have a small dog, two, uh, three small dogs. So I don't think they, I don't know where he'd go with the dog and all, you know, it's like, I would say, come on over and let's weather the storm. But <laughs> I think he's just going to have to do that one on his own. Um, okay. So when you guys first met, I want to, I want to, Go back when you okay. first met and you were first dating. How was your sex life? Great. 
I mean, she was an animal. I mean, just, yeah. uh, I mean, we, 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 we made love in places that are totally inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> parents, I love it. Parents' yeah. house. Let's see, uh, back of a parent's van on the side of the road because we just couldn't get to our destination. You couldn't fast enough. You had to pull over and take care of it. Luckily, I'm a country boy, and I know where all the country roads are and where you can just, you know, hey, pull the pickup truck off and uh, hop in the back and, you know, have a little fun and hop back in and go to where we're going with a nice glow. Yeah, yeah, perfect. And so when did you first notice that something was changing? In, in your um, sexually in your relationship after after our first child was born my wife was so horny when she was pregnant it was unbelievable like shockingly unbelievable like crazy i mean i still remember that that was 20 plus years ago right yeah but afterwards you know we both have burgeoning careers she's traveling some i'm traveling some we got a kid to raise we're tired we don't have any sleep i mean all that affects you go into sort of a winter sexually yeah. right yeah. But at this but then what happens though is that sometimes it doesn't really turn back on and then things were happening with her dad that were triggering things in her that were also shutting down her libido. Yeah. That I didn't know about. That yes. I didn't know was happening. So I'm being rejected. I don't know why. She doesn't actually feel like she's rejecting because that's not her love language, right? Yeah. And you know, there's also the mentality of, well, we have kids now. You know, this is what happens. You get married, you have kids, and you don't have any sex anymore. It's, I mean, <laughs> there are sitcoms that talk about this, right? It's a, it's a, it's a media joke, but it's there's not a, true. Do you know there's a term for this? An actual official? Yes, it's called. This is so sad, but like people live with this. It's called dead bedroom. Ooh, gross. Dead bedroom. I know, wow. but it's, it's. It's really common. And I, you know, when you just made that comment there and you said, you know, this is what people say and this is just what happens. And I'm like, no, I know they say that. I totally stand against that. That'd be like, if you, you know, pass me a cigarette, I'd be like, no, that's disgusting. You know, no way. I'm not. I I do too. I'm not going to put myself, I'm not going to put my body through that kind of carnage, you know? And so it's the same thing with no sex. You really like, if you are wired for it, it's a big, it's a big ask to desexual, you know, ask your partner to sort of desexualize themselves. It's just, it's really cruel in a so way. So what's funny is, is that I have a good friend who just had her first child at 30 something and I counsel her and I said, listen, I need you to tell your husband that they're gonna, you're going to go through a period of time where you're being crawled on, your body's being asked to do all this stuff, and you're not yeah. going to want... And this is one of these people that, you know, we, this is one of my friends that we talk what porn we watch together, okay, over right. lunch, okay? Yeah. So, shout out to Eric Everhard, by the way, and Maitland Ward. Yeah. Uh, so, and I and I said, listen, just get him prepared for that and make, make him understand it's not him. And I said, and when you get to the point where you're ready to go again, well, then go at it. Don't think yeah. you have to be the mom that's non-sexual. Don't, you know. And so I've, I've, I've luckily I've been able to counsel a few people yeah. what to look out for. So that's what happened to get things started. And then, you know, so I'm doing self-care. We're having sex maybe twice a month, you know, but no blowjobs, no cunnilingus. And, what, was, uh, what was going on in your head? Like, what was what were the voices in your head saying? Like, what was the self-talk, you know, you're having? Because you said this lasted... 
20 something years. So, I mean, so for me, I just thought, well, she just doesn't like me enough to let me give her pleasure. Right. Or, or even worse in my head, it was, well, this is something that triggers her. So I can't ask to do that because it's a trigger that I I didn't have the maturity to ask, is this a trigger or not? Right. Yeah. And that's still conversations that we have to have. And so I just avoided it because I didn't want to hurt her. I mean, she'd already gone through enough hurt in her life already. Do you think I'm going to add the person that I love? I'm going to add to it. Right. So no. So what you do is you just shut yourself down to Mm -hmm. a point and you do it out of love. But then there's also that point where you realize that what you're doing is not healthy for yourself. Right. That's what, okay. That's what I want to get to. What is it? So what does it mean to you as a man to be able to, when you can share that intimacy and a healthy sex life with your wife? It means everything. I mean, for a person wired like me, I feel loved when I'm intimate. And and that doesn't always mean penetrative sex. Sometimes it means a blowjob or sometimes it means that she is allowing me to give and she's receiving. And sometimes it's literally just holding hands. It's all of that. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that men's sexual needs get downplayed in society? Absolutely. Why? Why do you think that is? Well, you and I are both a generation of the Equal Rights Amendment, right? I mean, so so yeah. ERA and, um, you know, before us, it was, you know, the sex and love generation, right? I don't know what they did, but they certainly didn't pass along sex and love to the next crowd. Yeah. You know, they instead, it seems like they they suppressed it. And manhood is somewhat suppressed um, in being a man. You know, you're supposed to be a girly boy or a metrosexual yeah, or whatever. a girly man. Yeah, and your toxic masculinity is, you need to you need to tone that down, guys, and not be so toxic. You know, and I'm like, wait a I, minute. Um, I, this is how I'm born. You're telling me that I'm toxic? I, there's nothing I can do about it. This is who I am. I just have to, I got to say something right there. First of all, I hate that term, toxic masculinity. It's like, it's, it's the terrible. same as, it's the same as if you said toxic femininity. What the fuck does that mean? Like literally, what do you mean when you say toxic masculinity? I, I hate those, I, I hate know. these, I hate all these woke buzzwords. To me, it's just like, what does it I mean? Agree. You know? And so when it doesn't somebody mean anything. means, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And it needs to be ignored. (laughs) Yes. And what do you think men can do? So what do you think men can do to start to change that? I think that men have to learn how to be men. Yeah. And we already know how. It's already all in there. It's just that we have to get rid of the filters and the the noise to let it out. Um, Does that mean that you're out raping and pillaging and killing people all the time? No. Doesn't mean that. What it means is, is that you can be dominant. Although that whole Viking, wait, can I say like, although that whole like Viking, like that man, like, you know, conquer and all these like masculine, I'm like, oh, I I have to say, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to, I'll divert topics right quickly, but I was in Iceland uh, not too long ago. And one of the interesting things is, is that now they have a DNA testing and the Icelandic people's DNA is Viking, which I'm part Viking, by the way, yeah. is Viking, but the female part is Celtic. 
So these guys would leave Sweden, Denmark, wherever. They would go across Scotland, England, Ireland, you know, rape and pillage, grab some women, and then go land in Iceland, and they made a whole society out of it. So and you think about how interesting that dynamic is. So the whole country is populated by people who were probably not in love with each other. They were forced. Right, right, yeah. How interesting. But but they're great people. But yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, there's something about uh, also a, a, a strong Viking uh, woman that a guy likes. Mm. You yeah. know, I mean, and so women don't have to be all girly all the time. You know, uh, you know, I my wife is a strong woman. She can shoot and hunt with the rest of them. And I think that's pretty freaking sexy. I do, too. Yeah. I know. I think I think a balance is good. You know, just it's that's really what it should be. You don't have to everything. Everything swings so far one way or the other when it's, you know, it's like, hey, ha, why don't we just find some, you know, the happy medium? And yeah. and I think uh, for me, uh, in my mind, you know, the, the perfect woman, I mean, she's balanced. She's all those things, you know, but she also can suck a mean dick when she needs to. <laughs> Well, and I can leak a mean pussy when I need to. Do you to. know that? Yeah, exactly. That's Hoover, what I mean. Hoover that shit. Hoover the hell out of that shit. <laughs> I will, well, we'll talk about that later, but that works. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know <laughs> yes, it do. does. I know that. Okay, so we're we're joking and stuff, but I do know that making changes to any relationship that are outside the norm can be daunting. So take me back to the conversation that two of you had when when you just kind of both agreed and you let the cat out of the bag, like, okay, this is this is this is our solution. And you know, I want to know what happened. So that starts with some very deep, honest conversations that are difficult because now I am exposing a piece of my soul that I have been hiding and protecting all this time. Yeah. The same with her. And so that takes a lot of trust. And a lot of uh, guts, really. And so it. what happened was, is that I finally heard, truly heard that she, when she said she cannot be what I need her to be sexually, and that wasn't me being rejected. It was truly understanding that she can't be, at the moment, what I need, okay? And it also means that I wasn't being, at the moment, what she needed emotionally, because when I felt rejection, I pulled away my emotional stuff towards her. So she felt rejected as well. And yeah. so here we are. We're both feeling rejected. We're both feeling unloved. We're both feeling lonely. And, you know, that at some point that leaks out. And yeah, it, and it's, isn't you know, that, can I just say, I just want to say, isn't that like the worst feeling it's to ex- experience between you and the person that you truly love? Like I, that they're a stranger? Like, yes. It's I painful. wouldn't wish it on anybody. It is. Yeah. And here's what, you know, it's funny because there are country songs you know, out there, you know, I'm just waiting around to die. Yeah. Well, in some cases, that's pe- what people are doing. They're just so miserable. They're just sort of going through life waiting around, waiting to die. And so. So many people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. their catharsis that I, that I had was I realized, okay, I'm the man. I'm taking leadership. The, the only thing I control is me. So I'm going to learn about myself. I'm going to learn about her. I mean, okay, so she may listen to this, but I'm going to admit something. I read her diaries from way back, way back. Uh, oh, she doesn't know that? 
No, but the reason why is, is that I needed to truly, truly understand her. And what better way than to read what she was writing as a teenager? Yeah. And so that was helpful to me because it helped me understand where her insecurities were and where I could take those away and where, you know, and, and some of her experiences and what happened, bad, good and bad, uh, that were, that I could avoid repeating. And so I worked so hard on me. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm so sad it has to end. Are you craving more content with me? Don't worry, I've got you covered. Go even deeper with me on my private podcast. You get four additional episodes a month published every Friday, revealing outtakes from my super private personal audio journal, things said after the show, but when I'm still recording, the inside scoop on who's been naughty and who's been naughtier, bombshells I've kept to myself this whole entire time, things I can only talk about with a more intimate group of listeners, and additional surprise bonus content so hot it makes even me blush. So when you finish this episode and you're still craving more, please allow me to satiate you. Just head over to thecuriousgirldiaries.com and click on exclusive or click on the link in the show notes. All right, on with the show. Well, you, well, you, I'm, the listeners can't see this, but I'm in yeah. my library and it's a very big library. There's um, a lot of books and a really a nice, books here. I can't baby tell, grand. is that a baby grand? Yeah. yeah if it's a grand or a baby grand. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have been working on myself a very long time and I've re picked up that, that task to become the best guy. Here's the thing. I was not going to lose my girl without a fucking fight. There you go. Spoken like a true man. I love it. Damn I right. love it. I want to fight for That's my girl. Right. And if I lose her, then you know what? Then it wasn't meant to continue. And so, so yeah. I I fought. Yeah. And I love you learn it. a and lot about yourself when you do that. Yes. Okay. When you finally like that moment hits and it's like, okay, we've agreed that we're going to open up our relationship and Mostly for you, because, you know, as you said, your wife is, doesn't have any interest in doing that right now. How did she take it? How do you think that Really, it was her? almost her suggestion, because at one point she said, you know, maybe you just need to go see a professional, as in a sex worker. Yeah. Um, I'm too risk averse to do that. Plus, I associate sex and love together. So I couldn't, now I don't as much. But at the time, yeah. I was like, you know, I have to love. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think I could even perform, right? I just don't think I could emotionally. So yeah. um, it was sort of her suggestion that maybe that's the, maybe you just need to, she, I think she even said, maybe you just need to go have an affair. I think that probably is what she said. And at some point we sat down having a, a very quiet, very honest conversation. And at some point she just says, I just don't think I can be the person that you need me to be sexually. And then I said, in the most meek way possible, not manly, I think I'd like an open marriage. Yeah. And it just sort of sat there for a minute. And she sort of, I think she probably neither nodded her head or said, okay. And then we just left it. No more discussion at that point. Um, and then I, so at that point is when I started going back and, and, Sort of act, not sort of actively hunting. I mean, 
I'm a country boy. I know how to hunt. Being a man. You're just yeah. doing man things. I know. Yeah. Men you know, love but, to hunt. And, but, but it's not, but it's interesting because my hunt is more figuring out, getting rid of the chaff first to figure out what I'm really looking for. Because yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. And so that was interesting. Luckily, I have you and a lot of your podcasts, you know, a lot of hours with you. In that six years. Six yeah. years. Yeah, I think um, chronologically, I think I'm up to somewhere around 250 or something. But I listen to you chronologically, but then I'll skip ahead and listen to current yeah. stuff and go back and forth. So I, I'm still that gap there. So I'm, yeah. still, I'm still in the Surink world, I think, is where I am somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting when you get a chance to actually focus on your sex life, develop it. And it's a side of you, you know, every there's, we focus on personal development for all these aspects of our lives, but we don't do it sexually, which yeah. seems odd to me because we're so wired for it. And, yeah. you know, and, but we don't, we leave that underdeveloped and then we take that little stunted part of ourselves and it becomes, you know, an issue between, you know, someone that we truly love and we can't quite figure it out. But, you know, it's just one of those things that you need, you really do need to invest time in it. And yeah. and it's self-care. I mean, it really is. It's not just about getting off, although that's fun too. It's fun. But you know what, <laughs> here's the thing. You know, you learn so much But about now yourself. you're bringing a whole person to the relationship. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you do under, and now I'm, I'm, I'm still learning, but now I understand my, my sexuality more than I ever have. I understand hers more than I ever have. I'm able yeah. to meet what she needs better than I ever have. And and what's funny is, maybe we'll talk about this later, but I have a Eastern Russian Jewish female muse whose first husband who was much older than her, was an Eastern trained dom and a drug dealer. Okay, we'll get into that. Hold on. We'll get into that later. That may <laughs> be getting, something I'm else. Getting, we're I'm getting, leaving we're that getting, for future thoughts, but that or that could be a future episode. But that's we're, probably we're gonna be a future get, episode. We're gonna get into. I, I am gonna get around to like we're gonna dig into how it's been going. But okay. I just want to, you know, I really want to uncover as much as I can about the dynamics and everything going on that led up to this, and because I know because this is just a question that I get asked so much, and I don't have the answer, but you do, and so I want to be able to just share as much okay. of that as I can. So, okay, what's the new now? What is the new agreement now between you two? The you know what are the do's and don'ts and the deal breakers of you know of this new found uh, understanding. So, I didn't give her any rules. I just because said... Because it's a, it's a two-way street, right? It's a two-way street, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, hey, how hard is that for me to relinquish my girl to going out there and dating? What if... Here's the fear. What if she, all of a sudden she has desire for someone and she acts on it? How am I, What am I going to do? You know, I'm going to be fair, you know, because she's let me do the same. But um, I think... The dynamic of that decision, the, uh, the, the, two th the two things she said to me was, don't tear apart our family and don't bring it home. Those are the two rules she gave me. And yep. by don't bring it home, I think she meant don't physically bring somebody to one of our properties, and which as a security thing, I totally understand. And because that's a little bit too close. And then I think it's also, we... Our agreement is if she asks me a question, I will answer it honestly. And she does the same. 
Yeah. And so, and we, and we, we know where, where each other are going to be and who we're going to be with. And we try very hard to stick to when we're going to be home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, for that, and that's also a security thing as well. You know? Oh, of course. Yeah. And I'm very protective. Have... I'm a guy. I have a, I have a protective streak a mile long. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. I know. Especially a Southern guy. Yeah I, yeah. I don't doubt that a bit. Okay. So how has the dating been so far? Please share with us some of your encounters. So um, the very first thing I did was, is, is I actually met with an old neighbor of mine who is divorced and we had lunch and I just let her know, hey, I am in an open marriage now. And we had this great, sexy conversation. She's uh, has a, she said, I'll never get married again, first of all. Second of all, she says she's got this great partner and they're having a great time together. And she loves giving blowjobs. And she said, if anything ever happens with that, you're the very first person I'm going to call. And she told me I was handsome. And she always uh-huh. thought I was handsome. Yeah, And so think of the ego for all those years of feeling unloved. And all of a sudden you have someone who you live next to that says, oh, yeah, I was checking you out as well. Yeah. And yeah. and by the way, if ever, anything ever happens with my primary relationship, I'm going to call you. So yeah. that was what sort of kicked things off. And then then I, and so I was like, OK, well, there's a potential. Right. Yeah. Then I got on the dating apps and websites and whatnot and. And all kinds, swinger websites, just different ones, apps and websites, both. And put my profile together. I made sure to make it, per your suggestions, honest and open. Because really, if if there's something that I can put on there that will make someone not contact me, that's the best thing ever. Because there's only so yeah. much time. I have a business to run. I have yeah. a life to live. I just can't spend all my time doing nothing with this. So I have you, to. You yeah, have to, right. And I'm not in a hurry. You know, I'm not, yeah. I was not in a hurry. So did all that and have some cool conversations that are going on. I've met some really cool people that I'll probably never have sexual relations with, but they're good friends. And you know what's cool? They're confidants because we can talk about stuff that you wouldn't talk about with your people at church. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> definitely. You know? Yes, yes. So that's become cool. Um, my first date was supposed to be just a lunch. I was going to be a meet and greet, just a lunch. That was it. Uh, that was my whole plan. See if there's any spark there. But she asked me if she could touch my hands. And my one of my love languages is touch. And I said, yeah. sure. And very quickly, she said, I like you and I want to get naked with you. Oh. So we did. Right. Now, you did. The funny, oh, the funny part yeah. about it was is that we went to like, Four hotels before we found one that had a room available. <laughs> really? Yes. Do you know what? It, I don't even think they have it anymore. I don't know if it actually worked. Maybe they do. But there was a um, an app that you could use that where you can go and just rent high budget, high dollar hotel rooms by the hour. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yes. I'm trying okay. to remember what it was called. They took it off my phone. It was, it started in the Bay area. And I think that was like their, that's where I was living. And that was their pilot, you know, when I was in California, that yeah. was their pilot area. And so you could use it, you know, they had procured some really good hotels, you know, in the, um, in the San Francisco out. Bay area. Yeah. But I'm trying to, I'd have to, um, 
I don't remember what it was called. Anyway, I might go. I'll try to find it and I'll, okay. I'll send it to you. Send but, it to me. but it's nice because, you know, you don't. I also did an, I wrote something about love in a two star hotel where. Um, yes, I you know, remember I went, that. Ah! <laughs> Well, it was like literally we were in, you know, in the wrong part of town. In that's what happened. That's where we, we, we that's where we ended hotel. up. But you know what? It's sometimes that's kind of fun and hot too. Well, it sort of was because I got there yeah. first. I paid for the room. Mm-hmm. You know, she came and knocked on the door and um, yeah. things got going very quickly. She's very receptive. I checked off bucket list items. Yeah, uh, which, which was, ones? Well, let's see. Face fucking is one, which she loves. I've gone down before, but never made someone come doing that way. So I did that. I use the Kenneth Play techniques. Thank you very much for having him on your podcast because I paid for his class and Yay. I've taken the class. And guess what, Kenneth Play? He does have it hacked because she scored it all over the place like four times. Yes. Um. So... So yeah, so I just checked off some off. We I did some filming, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. I know. Yeah, it's That's, hot to look at that stuff. It's useful for later. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so I checked off some bucket list items, and this lady was absolutely. You and know, did it's you so do face fucking? You did the face fucking, right? Yes, I did. Yes. Turned I, her around. Just... Turned her around and put her on mm-hmm. the bed upside. You know, with her head back and. That's what I filmed. Mm, I just have to, yeah. I just have to say, I want to give a little plug, a plug out there for face fucking, and let me try to sell it to women who think it's it's a bad idea, ladies. This is a, like a gift from God because men love to have their dick sucked, but let's face it, when we're sucking their dick and we're doing the heavy lifting, you know, you're on your knees usually, you you know, and you're. Right. You, you know, you got your hands going and or if you're, you know, or if they're laying down and you're kind of crouching over them, you know, that you're in this awkward position, you're you're using a lot of neck muscles, you're trying to have the right amount of pressure in your mouth, avoiding the teeth, you got your hands doing stuff, you know, there's a lot going on. But when you can just lay back and a guy can just fuck your face, it's blissful and it's hot. And, it is hot. And he loves it. And it, it's you just know what like, it feels like to a guy? It feels what? like I am being fully accepted. Yeah. I could see why that, yes. And that's an emotional and thing. And you are. Mm-hmm. And so and so that's an emotional thing. But also there's a power dynamic there as well. Oh, that, and that's even hotter. Woo! That's even hotter, right? <laughs> that's even hotter as well. There's a there's that going on. And, but you know what's cool with the power dynamic also, if you're a real man, you're also taking care of your girl and, and also making sure that she's okay. Right. right. And checking in, making sure, are, are you all right? You know, and, you know, of course, the answer you want is yes. And then the best thing ever is when she reaches up and grabs your butt cheeks with her hands and pulls you in deeper. Oh, yeah. Then, you know, like, then she's you know, all about okay, it. This is, yeah. yes. Then you're like, how okay, that, this is awesome. How does that feel to you when you realize someone is totally, this woman is totally into sucking my dick? Like, it's like it's manna from heaven. <sighs> you know what? It's it. it it's um, in some ways it's hard to accept because you haven't had that for so long that you're like, oh my gosh, this is uh, like really is this really happening? I mean, I'm on a dream world. Where am I? You know, and yeah. so there's that, there's that, there's there's that going on. That's part of it. Frankly, I couldn't stay completely hard because I was in my head thinking about, oh my god, this is happening, and that looks great, and she's doing a great job, and. 
wow, that's a, that tongue is amazing. And just, you know, you're just in this whole head. And the thing about face fucking this that is interesting is, is that you get to use your hips and women don't understand this. Maybe, well, maybe you do because you've pegged before. So there's something about a guy being using his hips and all that gluteus maximus muscles that adds into the thing for a guy. There's something yeah. about it. I can't explain it exactly. I think it helps your orgasm. I think that it your does. orgasm is sort of in some way tied to those motions and that when you're doing that. It you is know, tied it, to that. Yeah. 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 And sometimes when you're just standing there or just laying there, you know, that doesn't come into play as much. Yeah, because you're also sort of, I also think too that men are, you you know, they're just used to being more physical and sometimes just sitting back and being on the receiving end is a little, it just, it's not kind of a natural state of being, you know, I know a lot of guys love it. Like they will, they can get into it, but I can also, I've also encountered where, you know, sometimes that's just a little harder to do, you know, and this is just a way that you can, you know, have your dick sucked and have it really knock your socks off. So yeah, yeah. I love well, it. I mean, yeah. then, there's, then there's then there's the rock the bedroom class. I know, I know. I'm working on that. Guess what? Yeah, I, I've already paid for that for somebody. Did you? Good. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Did you get the discount? I hope you did. I hope I you're did. using my codes. Yeah. Curious girl twenty, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Good. I know because I'll tell you, it's really fun. You know, that was eye opening for me. I noticed the way men receive pleasure along the way, but it didn't hit me the same as when I had to tell someone, I just want you to lay back. Like This is really about you. I mm-hmm. want you to sit back, relax, and be the receiver. You know, you don't have to do any, do any heavy lifting. Like, I really want to give this to you. Yeah. And and I did. And I do. I mean, I, I love it. You know, I love pleasuring a partner. I love being that just devoted to it. And so when I sat there and just found all the ways you can touch a penis that I didn't even know, because I think women don't realize it, but we're somewhat guilty of just looking at porn and taking our cues from that, too. And it's not always we think that's what men want. We get on men for like, we'll say, oh, he's just watching too much porn. And, you know, he's not fucking me the right way. Or, you know, I don't know where he's coming up with these ideas. But, you know, in a way, we women have done it, too. And I know I was a little bit guilty of that as far as like the blowjobs and the way I was touching his penis or, you know, like jacking it off. It's just like that's not always the way every guy wants to be touched. And so through doing this, you learn so much in all these different techniques that you get to find out what really, you know, floats your partner's boat, how he's wired. And and it's just the reaction is incredible. Like, I love doing it. I really love I feel like. Men, There's magic in these hands. Exactly. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> women women don't understand how men are put together, just like men don't understand how women are put together. Yeah. And so yeah. understanding that there's, you know, this, where the G area is, and it's not a spot, it's an area. And yeah. and how, and, the, and that pressure is okay. And that pressure on the pubic bone is okay in combination. It's phenomenal. Um, <laughs> it's it's the same thing with guys too. Pressure on the pubic yeah. bone for a guy makes a difference, and mm-hmm. so I think like this is you know it's funny. I'm 50 plus years old and I'm still taking sex education classes. <laughs> right, but you know what? I am too, and I love it. Like I'm like, why wasn't I doing this sooner? This yeah. is crazy. I know. Yeah, you have to. You know, I always and it's just so funny because as much of a business person as I am, and I always would. I was always staying 
up to date, current, you know, reading new things, exploring, you know, taking classes. I always, my, you know, Jim Rohn is one of my favorite Me too. mentors ever. Me and, too. and he always said, stay a student of the game. And yep. I was always like, yep, I was devoted to, I'm not going to be one of those people that gets, uh, you know, stuck like a one trick pony because when the market shifts or I don't know how to change or pivot, you know, yep. I'm, I'm lost in the shuffle. And, and I always just honed my skills and stayed current and always was humble about it. Like there's somebody that knows a thousand percent more than me and I just have to stay in learning mode and yep. I'll be all right. That's but why all the books we are don't do me. that with our sex life. You know, no, it's crazy. And here's what's I don't funny. Know why. I would feel, I would feel guilty for going onto a website and even looking at trying to see, okay, well, how do you do this? I'm like, okay, nobody can see that. Now there's stuff up on my browser now that, I, you know, if my kids see it or whatever, if they ask me about it, I'm going to tell them, hey, you know what? Yeah. I think you're an adult now. I think this is something that you need to, to know because I certainly yeah. didn't teach it to you. Okay, so since since opening up your marriage, what has that done for you? And, you know, is it is it filling is it filling that void that was there? You know what? That's an ongoing question because I just, just started. And so... Yeah. I will tell you that after my first experience, I came home later than I was expected to come home, but I let her know, you know, hey, and she said, hey, you, you, you sort of got quiet there for a while, so I knew something was going on. Yeah. And we were very spiritually connected in that I, I can feel her moods back and forth. We show up at the same places all the time when we didn't plan it. It just happens. So there's a really deep connection. So she... um and I just, I, she, she asked me what happened. And I said, well, pretty much everything, you know, and she goes, well, good. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And, I, and, when, and when I, on the way home, I said, I'm never doing this again. That felt, I, 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 I'm, this is, I'm scared to death. I just, I'm never doing this again. It felt wrong, you know, and I think it was me projecting how my wife would feel. And instead we sat there and she goes, good. So, yeah. And then what's really interesting is that I sort of started walking around feeling like more of a man because I knew for a fact that I could please a woman and that I could also accept pleasure as well and that it could be relaxed and fun. And and she goes, and she told me about a week after, she goes, you know what? You're actually happier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she goes, and I love that. Aww. And so, and I was like, well. I love her. I know. I love, I love her too. So it's funny because she goes, she's because because you're happier, I'm happier. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, whoever knew that this could be a solution to yeah. a situation. And what I really believe is, is that as this goes, as I learn more, I think she's going to see what's going on with me and that's going to be attractive to her. And I think mm-hmm. she's going to want to learn more. And she's going to fall right in behind. And there's going to be this point down the road where we are 20-somethings again and we can't keep our hands off each other. That's my dream. I believe that. I believe that. No, I believe that will happen. I believe, you know, people go through just seasons, you know, it's seasons in our lives. And so this, you know, sometimes you go through an emotional winter, you know, and but spring is coming. I think the spring is coming for her. And and this is kind of like the 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 start of it. So, but Layla, I'm a little I'm, afraid because she's this this one's wired very much like you are. Uh-huh. What the hell am I going to do if she actually unlocks all of that? I don't know if I can keep up because she's going to go will. wild. 
Yeah, you will. <laughs> I know I will. You will. <laughs> yeah, because you'll you'll find this, you know, like right now you guys are finding a new normal. And then when yeah. she, you know, when she's 100% at the table with it, you'll find a new normal that way too. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I just see the teamwork between the two of you. And I don't have any, you know, I don't have any doubts that I don't either, really. you'll, yeah, you'll, it'll be great. So a lot of men ask me how to open up their marriages and how to broach that subject with their spouses. I want to know, this is kind of a big question. I want to know what advice you would give to them. And also I'd like to know what advice you would give to the spouses uh, whose partners are coming to them and suggesting to open up their relationships. So this is for men and women. First thing that you should do is control what you can control, not worry about what you can't control, and be the best person you can be. And I mean in every phase, spiritually, mentally, physically, the whole thing. I've been in the gym now for a year and a half. I'm down 35 pounds. I am so strong. It's I'm setting personal records. Um, I have gotten the right nutrition. I have the right doctors. Um, mm-hmm. I take testosterone twice a week, you know, shot in the butt. Um, yeah. My wife is on on hormones as well. We are not going to go into old age without a fight. <laughs> you no, know? And nor should you. Nor yeah. should we, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. so first of all is be the best person that you can be, okay? And that may take years. As a matter of fact, it's not a, it's not something you can accomplish. It's just a journey that you just keep on. So because things are going to happen, sicknesses or whatever. So first of all, do that. Second of all, get to a place where you can actually hear your spouse and you can actually be heard. And if that takes counseling, then go to counseling. If it takes you talking to having maybe what we consider inappropriate conversations with friends, girlfriends, you know, uh, guy buddies or whatever, have those conversations. And if someone feel if someone belittles you because of the conversation, then get rid of them out of your life. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big, every organism has a waste removal component. It should be the same thing with your relationships. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sometimes you have to, you have to get rid of the shit. And sometimes it's, you get your hands dirty doing it, but it has to be done. Otherwise you're going to become toxic you know, to yourself and everybody around you. So that's the first thing for spouses. And I guess I'm talking to women is that, you know, your guy, even though he may not show it, is most likely still into you. So it's not being, it's not being non-feminine to go take care of their needs. Go blow, go blowing once in a while. I mean, oh, yeah. and learn how to do it and enjoy it and have fun with it. There's absolutely, you're not giving up anything. What you're doing is, is you're showing your guy that you're still into him. And you know what's funny? If one side starts showing the other that they're into him, guess what? It comes back. Oh, uh, immediately. It's not yeah. It's not a slow process. It and, starts to happen very quickly. And yeah. I actually recommend that women be the one to start that process. They don't have to say anything. Just start doing it and watch because yeah. men are so receptive. Yeah. They are so receptive. And women are able to emotionally be multitasking better than men. So really women are wired better for this than men are in the first place. And, you know, in a lot of ways, women are smarter than men in, in, a, in, a, lot of, in a lot of realms. I hate to admit that, but damn, we it's are. true. 
Now, um, my mom would tell me this. She would say, you know yeah. what? Men are simple. We, we are, are the complicated simple. ones. And, but here's and, the thing. And here's the tough part. For, yeah. for, the, for the spouse who's on the receiving end, don't fucking reject when your spouse, and it could be as simple, simple as making a sandwich while you're watching the football game, okay? That's given because they're showing love. Eat the damn sandwich, even if it yeah. doesn't taste good. Because yeah. when you reject, when you reject that, you're shutting down that person's olive branch. Yeah. And then, then where is it going to go? Then they feel, then then you feel rejected. They feel rejected. They try to show some love. Well, it didn't work. So the hell with that. I'm not doing that anymore. And next next thing you know, you're just roommates. Right. And a lot of people are living as roommates. A huge number and- of people not happy. They don't like their roommate, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're I appreciate this. I have a feeling that there's going to be some follow-up interviews that go along with this because I think as you get going out there, you're going to have more and more fun stuff to share. And eventually, I believe your wife is going to be 100% on board with you. And then that's when things are really going to kick off. That's going to be, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be the climax. Ha, ha, ha. Of this <laughs> situation. You know, exactly, and, exactly. And I, I, here, I, here's what I want to say. This is really heartfelt. You have helped me through a tough part of my life. Aww. And I really appreciate it because you've been honest and you've been open and you've changed my life. You've helped me. Oh my gosh. And, and, and my wife. <laughs> right now oh my I'm gosh sorry. <laughs> no i'm gonna be crying i know thank I know you yeah so so it's people like you who are willing to go against the norm and deal with the media bullshit and the and the the uh you know being banned social on different bullshit. the social yeah, bullshit know. that's you mm-hmm. know that are willing to stand up and say you know what i know that what i'm saying is right and i'm just gonna say it yeah you're loaning courage to other people, and that's making a difference. Oh, well, and that's why I'm here. Oh my gosh! Well, I, thank you. That's like the best gift I could ever get because it's really the reason that I've stuck with it and done this show, you know, and stayed podcasting. Yep. Um, it's really with that intention. So you just made six years worth it. Well, hey. You know what's cool is, is I now realize that you doing this for six years, even if it's just for me, is worth it for both of us. <laughs> there we go. Okay, I can cool? die a happy woman. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's very cool. All yep. right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Like I said, I know that there's going to be some uh, follow-ups updates. in. Yep. Yes, updates in the future. And everybody, do you know that the reason? that Steve and I got this close is because he sends me voicemails and we talk back and forth. So this is this is what I'm talking about. You really get to know somebody, you get to know what's going on in their life. And it's it's a lot of fun for me. So everybody, I, I hope you stay. Yeah. And I will say this, I do. And you know what, people, don't be freaking cheap. If someone is speaking into your life and helping you, help them. So I have given donations. I have a private podcast subscriber. You are. You are. Yeah, I am. And that's the reason why is because I know this isn't cheap and I am supporting people who are doing good, good work. Don't be cheap, Aww. people. <laughs> Don't be cheap. Well, just, yes. 
Yeah, give what you, yeah, give what you can. And yeah. I definitely, I always appreciate it. Yes, I always appreciate tremendously support for the show because it really, obviously, it it's people voting with their dollars and it just lets me know that what I'm doing is helping. So yep. with that, I will uh, say happy Saturday, everybody. And uh, hopefully you'll be more encouraged to reach out to me because I love getting your voicemails. It's super easy to do. Just go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com. Click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. You got five minutes. We can talk about anything. It doesn't have to be sexual in nature. You can talk about anything and everything. Ask me questions, and I'm definitely going to ask them back of you. All right, everyone. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.